Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, I love how we do everything differently than everybody else. This is the start of our week, and I want to say this. What's good, everybody? Welcome in to the Early Edge in our week four. Can you believe it? Our week four NFL Mega Preview. And this week, there are games literally all over the place. Thursday Night Football, a 9.30 a.m. Eastern game on Sunday, Falcons-Jags from overseas. Then you got 9 at 1 p.m., a 405, two at 425 Sunday night football, and just one Monday night football game this week. So I would encourage you to turn on your notifications because every time we start a show, you will be notified with a little ding, and then you won't miss any of our content. Now, James in the chat says, Meetings are dumb. Do not go. I agree with that, unless this, of course, is your meeting place. With all that being said, let's bring in the stars of the show. You know them. You love them. The two men that run the NFL at Sportsline. The stoic one, R.J. White. The maestro, Larry Hartstein. Now, gentlemen, gentlemen, I want a little feedback from both of you here. We had a bananas week three. R.J., what was the game that surprised you the most last week? Definitely wasn't the Dolphins game, I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the game that surprised me the most... Um, maybe the Rams, uh, they looked a lot worse offensively last night than, than they had the first two weeks. Um, that offensive line completely fell apart. So, um, was expecting a little bit better from them. Um, so that, that's, that's probably the one, but you know, we're talking survivor. Um, my Jags, I'm out of the survivor cause I went with the Jags. Cannot believe how badly they played in that game. I thought they were going to cover easily considering how the first two weeks have gone for both those teams. And uh, it did not happen. Isn't it funny how every year, because we've all been playing Survivor Pools forever, how everything looks obvious and you get knocked out in week three. You're like, how did that happen? It happens every year, it seems like. Every year. Maestro, what about you, big boy? Uh, so many shockers when you talk about the Jags letting a fullback return and kickoff for a touchdown. The Cowboys getting run over by the Cardinals. The Colts beating the Ravens. Just upset after upset. But I think it was the Dolphins game because I actually like the Broncos <laughs> in that matchup. And I want to erase the tape on that. That's okay. Uh, A.B. had the under in that game as well. <laughs> so you both were just a little bit off. It happens to all of us, though. It happens to all of us. All right, let's jump right into it. But before I do that, I told you it's a super busy day at the brand, and I meant it. This is not our last show. We have a show at 7 p.m. Eastern time tonight. Breaking down everything Ryder Cup is my favorite golf event in the world. They tee off this Friday. We got you set. Me, the counselor, Patrick McDonald tonight, 7 p.m. live right here. All of our odds 
here on this mega preview and on the Ryder Cup preview provided, as always, by the king of all sportsbooks, BetMGM. Gentlemen, we got to jump into it. We got a lot to get to and not a lot of time. So let's jump into game number one, Thursday night football. And this is crazy. But the Lions are actually favored. I saw some stat. I can't remember exactly. It's the first time in like 30 years the Lions have been favored in Green Bay, the total sitting of 45 and a half. RJ, let's start with you. They're favored now. We'll see if that's the same at close because this game really depends on injury information. Both teams dealing with several key injuries, so the final injury report is going to be crucial. It's key that Christian Watson was asked if he was going to play, and he said that's the plan today on Tuesday. So um, if he plays, that that definitely affects the line. We haven't seen him yet, and they've been still doing you know some stuff offensively and winning some games without some of their key playmakers. So once they start to get those guys back, it should be a pretty good team, and I would expect them to be favored in this game. Um, they they seem close to put some of these guys seem close to playing against Atlanta. They were held out, I think, for the in the anticipation of this game. Um, Detroit coming off a dominant win, but Green Bay's defense was great last week too. So I get the line swing after watching what Detroit did, but um, but this is a big spot for Green Bay. Detroit swept them last year, eliminated them from the playoffs in Week 18. You can bet when the schedule came out, they circled this game as, as their revenge spot. Um, and if these guys get healthy, and it seems like everything was pointing to them playing in this game, um, Packers are going to be favored. And I think you want to go on to Packers. Yeah, I think you're probably right, Maestro. When you look at both of these teams. When it was about, I don't know, 3.30 on Sunday, it did not look like we'd be seeing two teams that were coming off wins. But the Packers, they come back from 17 down in the fourth quarter. Do you think that will help their confidence heading into Thursday night? Well, it should. They did nothing all day until those final three drives, and it was smart of them to hold out some of those key guys for the non-divisional game and wait for this divisional game. Obviously, a huge revenge spot. But RJ, I have not heard good news yet on Jair Alexander, and I think he could be the key when you're facing a receiver like Amon Ross St. Brown. And the Lions also getting good injury info with Taylor Decker, the left tackle, David Montgomery, and a couple others being limited yesterday, an indication that they might go on Thursday I think the Lions are the better team. I'm not running to jump in on it, uh, and I know you have already taken a position on Sportsline, but I think we we got to watch the injuries, as you noted. Yeah, the Lions easily could be 3-0. and They kind of stubbed their toe against the Seahawks at home, losing in overtime. All right, game number two, and this game is at 9.30 a.m. Eastern time, and i got to tell you, more times than once, I have missed betting on this game because I forgot that it was at 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. So currently the Jags are favored by three, the total 43 and a half. And RJ, you already talked about it, but I'm going to the maestro first about how bad the Jags probably couldn't have played any worse coming off that nine-point performance maestro against the Kansas City Chiefs. They've got to get right right now. Yeah, this is a good bounce-back spot for the Jacks, who are comfortable in London. The Falcons average 2.8 yards per play. That is almost impossible to do in today's NFL, and they have shown that they can run the ball. But if you stop the run, and the Jags are strong against the run, Desmond Ritter is right now, he's not going to throw you to a victory. So I think this is a spot where the Jags clean it up, and I'm, I'm going to look at their side at anything three or less. Oh, and I agree with that. This feels like a really good get-right spot, RJ. Yeah, both teams coming off terrible performances. Jacksonville's offense moved the ball, but defense and special teams were awful in that game, and I don't know how you fix that in one week. Um, and as Larry mentioned, Jacksonville defense good against in, uh, in yards per rush, seventh. Not really tested to the extent that they're going to be tested in this game with an Atlanta team that is very good running the ball and uh, typically can get what it wants to in the run game. Um, so we'll see if they're able to have success there. The Jacksonville offense struggling with turnovers, but you know, on paper, so much better than Atlanta. Um, but we'll see if that matters. I, I would lean to Jacksonville as well, but my my power ratings have it one and a half, so I'm not 
enthused to play this game considering I don't count the, the Jacksonville being playing in London all the time as being home field advantage. So um, I'm going to stay, probably stay away from this game. If the line comes down a bit, I might play Jacksonville, but, but I think the line's a little too high. Okay. We'll keep our eye on that throughout the week uh, as well. All right. So that's the 9:30 a.m. Eastern time. Let's move to the one o'clock Eastern. And there's nine of these. And when you look at the schedule guys, I know what the NFL was doing. I know why they put, Chiefs, Jets, Sunday Night Football. They thought it was going to be Holmes and Aaron Rodgers. This game should be Sunday Night Football. Dolphins and the Bills. Dolphins coming up a 70-point performance, winning by 50 over the Broncos. The Bills, a second straight week dominant performance. They beat the Raiders, then they went to Washington and just laid out the commanders. So, RJ, this is your squad. This is your team. Two and a half, total 53 and a half. Can you stop this juggernaut that is called the Miami Dolphins? Yeah, it's, this is a tough place for Miami to win, um, but their offense looks pretty unstoppable right now. Buffalo's offense looks more balanced than in the past, and their defense is strong against the pass, but you can have a good pass defense, and it doesn't matter against a team that's so elite at it um, at this point. Um, and Miami has shown it can run the ball. Uh, you know, they scored, what, eight touchdowns with their two running backs. Um, and Buffalo's defense, 32nd in yards per rush allowed. So this could be a game where Miami largely takes the ball out of two of his hands and leans on the run. Um, Buffalo's defense also thriving on turnovers, have eight in the last two games. And, you know, Miami's not going to give the ball up that much um, unless something crazy happens. So I don't think you can count on that if you're the Buffalo defense. I think this is going to be a close game. I think you're going to be able to get three at some point, And I think you want to take Miami once you get the plus three. I feel the same way. I'm staring at that total number, Maestro. And sometimes it's the reverse. You get two really good offenses and they kind of stonewall each other. I think the total has a nice little look to it this week. What about you? Yeah, I think there's room to go over at 53 and a half, 70 degrees, clear skies, very light wind projected. I know it's early in the week, and I know the Bills have only given up two offensive touchdowns all season, but this is another caliber of offense they're facing. And the same for Miami on this on the other side. You know, the Chargers went up and down the field against the Dolphins. So I'm with you, Coach. I think there's room to go over. The the chat right now, I completely forgot. We were talking about that Jags game, Maestro, that you had that sweat going live on the air and you went absolutely bananas jumped out of your seat that was a jags game right jags and it was an overtime win over the dolphins oh that's right oh that's right and it went right into our noon show so it ended during our noon show that's right that was awesome there's nothing better than watching you sweat one of your picks there's nothing better now you did not have to sweat this team last week at all the broncos (laughs) and the bears combined they lost for what more than 80 points combined, and they play each other this week. So here's the number. Somehow Denver is favored by three and a half. The total, 46. So, Maestro, I'm coming right back to you. Tell me how your Broncos respond to that. I think the offense has been okay. You know, they could have put up more than the 20 points and lost by 40 instead of 50 without some turnovers. I think we're going to see a lot of points again. The Bears have given up. 34 points per game in their last 13 games. They And they lost a couple more guys in the secondary. So there's almost no one left on the Bears defense. The Broncos defense missing a couple of starting safeties have not shown up. I mean, Vance Joseph, how does that guy have a job today? Uh, that is shocking that he has a job. I'm going to play this one over the total. The only reason I can think is because they're tired of paying coaches not to coach. You can only pay so many guys when they get fired, and they fired a lot of dudes, and they're paying Sean Payton $25 million a year. Uh, Let me come to you, RJ. I'm kidding, by the way. Uh, RJ, the Bears are in such disarray right now. I don't know how they get right. 
Yeah, both teams have been terrible, but I just don't see how Denver's favored, especially by three and a half. Defense has been awful. Offense didn't score in second half garbage time last week, a situation where you expect teams to put some points up. Um, Chicago's offense can have success with the run game, and this is obviously an easier matchup for Fields than anything he's seen so far. Um, Denver's awful long road trip going back on the road after they get embarrassed. My power ratings have Chicago as the worst team in the league, but I would still make them minus one in this game because Denver's not that far off. Uh, my only worry is about, like Larry said, the beat-up Chicago defensive backs. What if Denver's pass offense just dominates um, and and they they cover by four or seven. I don't think they're going to cover by a ton if they do cover because the defense just is terrible. Um, so we'll see what that happens there. Uh, this this will be a, a week of relative normalcy for the Bears. And those guys got hurt. Yes, um, yeah, more guys are getting hurt in their defense, but it's not like the starters are playing very well either. So we'll see if the backups <laughs> can step up and somebody can show something and and prove that they can be a long term starter on a on a on a side that probably needs about eleven of them right now. Oh, my goodness. You could not put that any better. Now, we'll keep our eye on these lines throughout the week, but there's one place. If you download the CBS Sports app, you just click right in that little tab for CBS Sports HQ because every single day they're doing NFL content. You can see members of my crew all the time, but how about a little reminder, Snake? All the time. That is damn right. Now, game number three at 1 o'clock for us, and this is a big-time division matchup going into Sunday we would have said hey the Ravens far and away the best team in their division but are they the Browns oh they looked awful against the Steelers but did they because they blanked the Titans and the Ravens lose in overtime to the Colts the Colts so you see the number Browns are actually favored by two and a half the total of 41 RJ talk to me on this one yeah, Baltimore's injuries look like they caught up in that game, but they did play well despite the loss. The defense had a good day. They can't help a guy hitting four field goals of 53 yards or longer. So they were actually doing their job, and they just got field goal to death from 50, 50 plus, which you don't expect. Um, Baltimore's rush offense, two straight solid games. Lamar can escape the pressure that the Cleveland's certainly going to bring because they look like the strongest defense, especially up front um, in the league right now. Um, they are fantastic. They did play a hurt Burrow right at the beginning of the season, uh, Kenny Pickett and Ryan Tannehill. So it's not like they've played a ton of great quarterbacks or at least great offenses that are in the in the the hum of things look ahead was baltimore minus one and a half to me it's just too much of a swing i can understand if this line was pick them but uh, i think i would play baltimore at plus two and a half we'll see if three comes up it almost seems like the sports books on some teams and some games this year maestro they're kind of like throwing darts against the wall because there's some lines that we just flat out can't understand yeah, and the, for the Ravens, that was not a focus spot. When you have a divisional sandwich game, which is what the Colts was, you know, when they had that Bengals game, and then you have the Browns coming up, easy to not be 100% focused. And like you said, RJ, uh, they got victimized by a great kicker, but they did suffer more injuries in the backfield. Are the O-linemen going to come back? This Cleveland Browns defense is for real. Only two opponent drives have gotten into the red zone so far this year, and I don't care who the quarterbacks were. This team is loaded with Jim Schwartz calling the plays very aggressive defensively. I'm only going to look at the Browns, but again, don't want to lay, uh, don't want to lay anything really. I just want to play them to win the game uh, because it is divisional and the Ravens and Browns. It's going to be a tight game. We, it always is. It always, always is. By the way, Alex in the chat says, "My favorite show. Give me a green check mark." Damn it, we love those green check marks. Thank you, Alex. Now, for those of you who follow me on the TikTok because I'm big on the TikTok. I am 3-0 and in my locks of the week. I just recorded my fourth week right before this show, and this was my best bet. This was my lock of the week, the Bengals minus 2.5. <clears throat> 
Maestro, tell me why I am wrong. Wow. I I was not impressed with the Bengals last night uh, against a debilitated and depleted Rams team in the game that could have gone either way. And the Titans, I know they got embarrassed in Cleveland, but they have played one very good game at home. They've played two horrible games on the road. They're back at home. Uh, I'm, it's not like I have a play on the game, but I'm not running to the window to lay points with the Bengals. Oh, I'll be waiting for everybody there. Just like everybody wanted to run away from the Dolphins last week and the Ravens before that. No, 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 no. RJ, do you want to follow me to the pay window? I think this one's tough. I think the gut says to go Titans, just knowing how good they are as underdogs. But they've proven a few times this year that 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 they they're not going to pay off that. Oh, they did cover in week one. They just lost. Their offense has been unwatchable in two of the three games. You just can't count on points for them uh, against a solid defense. And the Bengals defense showed up finally in that game against the Rams. Tennessee's pass defense made Watson look like a good quarterback, which is pretty notable. Um, not a lot of defenses have done that. Um, so kudos to them. You know, I, if I were him, I would ask them to follow me around tonight so I could play them every week, like uh, the uh, traveling. <laughs> Uh, Globetrotters or something. Uh, Tennessee can beat run-dependent teams, but Cincy has Chase and T. Higgins when he's not dropping passes, so they don't have to be um, you know, run-dependent there. Cincy, I agree with Larry. Cincy's won, but their offense still unimpressive to me. I'm surprised that the line swung a little bit. My power ratings say the value's on Tennessee, but I think it's tough to play them against a solid defense. I would lean your way with minus 2.5, but this is probably just going to be a stay away for me. And the point about Deshaun Watson, that's kind of was my tipping point. He looked viable after a week where he didn't look like he knew what he was doing. And so I'm putting that on the Titans defense. And that's the, the biggest reason why I took the, the Bengals minus two and a half. All right. Now, when the Rams saw their schedule, I know they fly private. So it's not like you're going to the airport sitting at, you know, terminal C8, but you're flying to Cincinnati for a Monday night game. Are, do you know, are they staying or do they flying back home and then coming back? Does anybody know to Indianapolis? I haven't heard anything about them staying. I believe they, they flew back. Wow. So you got to go to Cincinnati, and basically Indianapolis is an hour and a half, two hours away from Cincinnati. You can drive it on I-70, for God's sake. So the Colts are laying one after beating the Ravens in overtime this past week, and the total is at 46 and a half. RJ, your thoughts on this one? Yeah, Indy's offense was not impressive despite the win. We talked about the field goal kicker. They had three of nine, 3.9 yards per play, eight of 22 on third down. Uh, the Rams' defense did show that it's beatable, especially if Rich, Richardson is back to diversify the offense. That offense last week was a lot of just hand it to Zach Moss or, or throw some passes, but Richardson brings a new element there to the game. Scoring on Indy's defense shouldn't be a problem for Stafford and Co. I would have said that um, before last night, and then Rams' offense had trouble against Cincy, and Indy does have an underrated front, so maybe they do have trouble. Um, so so I would have went with the Rams before Monday and now liking Indy, especially if Richardson is cleared, uh, I would go Indy. Uh, we gave out 40 over 44 and a half on Sportsline earlier today. Line has shot up to 46 and a half since then. I think there's going to be a lot of points in this game uh, if Richardson plays and I expect him to play. Okay. And Maestro, you actually like a side in this game so much. You're making an official pick right here on the show. Yeah, this is one of my two best bets that I've locked in this week, and I really love the Colts in this spot, and it has to do with that Rams offensive line. They lose the starting left tackle, Larrick Jackson. They lose the starting right guard, Joe Nopum, and their backups were horrific last night. They got beaten for sacks. They got they had a face mask penalty. Basically, everything collapsed when those two guys went out, and I don't think – we don't know the status if either of those guys is going to be able to play, but the travel spot that you mentioned – is horrific on a 
short week, having to travel back. That is not a good spot. And I do think Anthony Richardson is coming back. But basically, you look at that Colts pressure, eighth in pressure rate with guys like, uh, you know, uh, Ebukam and Pay and Buckner. Uh, this is a good Colts defensive line. I think they dictate the game and win it uh, probably by three or seven. And if you all at home want to bet on the Colts this week and you need a new sports book or you just want to switch, we've got one for you right here, right now. New BetMGM customers can sign up today and get $200 in bonus bets. Just place your first wager of at least $10, and you'll receive 200 bucks instantly in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome with bonus code EDGE200. Again, that is EDGE200. Next game, 1 o'clock on Sunday, and both of these teams – Maestro did not look good. Bucks looked putrid against the Eagles, and the Saints had their quarterback, Derek Carr, knocked out, and they gave up 18 straight to the Packers to lose on the road. So which of these teams do you think is for real, Maestro? Neither. Uh, I don't want to lay more than a field goal with Dennis Allen, but they do get Alvin Kamara back. And Jameis Winston, he did move them down into field goal range. So they had a chance to win the game. And he didn't play horribly, but the offense did take a step back without Derek Carr. But he does have tremendous weapons around him, including Kamara, who comes back. Uh, And on the other side, I think Tampa Bay showed their real colors last night. So right now, if I'm forced to play it, I would take the points because Dennis Allen is so conservative. It's like he goes into every game trying to win it by three it's exactly what he decides to do and that leads me right over to rj because rj you are feeding it at times last night i said putrid putrid and they were but there were times where they did move the ball and by the way a little nugget did you both know that there's never been a final score in the nfl in the history of the league 25 to 11 never and it happened last night History being made in a horrible game to watch. RJ, your thoughts, because this, I believe, is a best bet for you. It is a best bet. I have Tampa plus three and a half. Uh, New Orleans offense struggled even before the car injury, buoyed by that punt return touchdown. So even the points they had, they didn't. It's like the offense got all of them in that sense. Jameis, you think of him as a high-end backup, a you know former high pick, but it's still a downgrade for the offense. The Saints defense has good stats, but they face some limited offenses so far. Um, and Tampa, you know, they finally flopped against an elite team. We kind of expected that. Um, I still don't have them ranked, rated very high in my power ratings, but they've competed otherwise, and, and they've shown they can be competitive against these mid-range to lower, um, you know, teams in the league. And their offense looks so much better with with Canales running the show there. And against this defense, I think they can have some success. So I think Tampa plus three and a half. I agree. I don't know why you would want to favor Saints by by more than three, and especially with their backup quarterback when there has to be a downgrade from Carter Jameis. And this is what the look ahead was before the injury so i just don't get it you know how on instagram you'll have reels that come through and they're like stuff that you forgot about do you guys remember because it just came through this morning when Jameis winston was pumping his team up for the game and he started licking his fingers like it was chicken or something and then he said who wants to eat a w and his whole team looked at him like what are you doing like the whole team was like what are you talking about that was one of the weirdest things i've ever seen in my life if you've never seen it google it all right this next game this next game is fascinating because Washington got handed, had it handed to them by the Bills at home. Now they have to go on the road to a Philadelphia Eagles team that seems to have gotten everything right. We, we find out today that Hertz had a stomach flu last night. Didn't even know. At least I didn't know. And they're favored by eight and a half, the total 44 and a half. RJ, let's come to you. Do you like a side in this game? 
Yeah, I have a best bet on the Eagles. Eight is in the market right now, so pretty pretty easily found. So I have this as a best bet for the show at minus eight. We got seven and a half on the site at the beginning of the day. Wanted to put it in at seven yesterday, but you always worry about those Monday night games. You know, you put that minus seven in, and then Hertz is all of a sudden questionable because of a bum ankle or something, and then your your pick looks awful. So I wanted to wait till after that. I think eight's still a fine number to play because I have this in my power ratings at eleven and a half. Washington was exposed by facing a good Buffalo team, and the line didn't move coming out of that that Sunday night opener because the Eagles hadn't played yet. I don't understand why. Their run offense has been good, but Philly's strong up front um, and they're great versus the run so far. The Washington defense has only looked good versus Dobbs. Uh, soon after he joined the Cardinals, that was his first game, you know, so he was with the team what, a week and a half, two weeks. Um, the market faded Philly at Tampa, but they dominated despite that flu bug that you mentioned. And if you think they're among the elite, uh, among the elite, which I do, the, with the home field advantage baked in, this is saying that Washington is average team at least, maybe even above average, and I don't think that's the case. So I think playing the eight is is great. I think it's only going to go up from here. I, I hope the market learned its lesson on Washington last week. I have watched almost every minute of the Eagles this year and a lot of Washington. This should be 10, Maestro. It should be 10. They're not close in talent level. What say you? Yeah, and I'm with you, and I'm with what Alex in the chat said as a good teaser leg to get the Eagles down under a field goal. Sam Howell got exposed, and the issue with Sam Howell is he holds the ball too long. He wants to make that big play downfield. Holding the ball too long in Philadelphia is not going to work out well. No, it is not. By the way, can we just go ahead? I don't want to complain about it, but can we outlaw that stupid quarterback sneak where three dudes can get behind and push you across the, the goal line? Come on. Let's just make that rule. It's stupid. It's stupid. It's stupid. All right, next game, Vikings and the Panthers. These are two teams that are desperate for a win. The Vikings are an absolute turnover machine. They were the subject of this week's my new little segment I called, What Are You Doing?, I could not believe how bad. I called them the bad news bears. They were in the fourth quarter. And the fact that the over didn't come in is a travesty of justice. What a joke. But somehow, they're favored by three and a half. The fighting Kirk Cousins over which quarterback are we going to get for the Panthers? I don't know. But we had the Seahawks beating the Panthers and covering, which they did. So, Maestro, that was one of your best bets a week ago. So I'll let you have the Vikings and Panthers first this week. Coach, I am so kicking myself over this one because I didn't jump on Minnesota early enough. It opened two and a half. It's all the way through the three. I would still lay three with the Vikings if you can find it. They are not as bad as their record. They've lost three one-score games after going 11-0 in one-score games last year, whereas the Panthers, in week one, they lose their top corner. In week two, they lose their top linebacker. In week three, they lose three more guys. This was the strength of the team was the defense that was going to hold on until Bryce young develop but now the defense we saw what happened to them at seattle um i just don't have enough faith in either side of the ball right now for the panthers and i think they're going to start zero and six if you look at their schedule they have two tough games after this and then they're going to have a bye i think they're going to go into their bye zero and six joe says 44 years a vikings fan coach you kind of get used to it oh that is so sad probably true rj talk to me yeah, Carolina's offense I thought was better with Dalton than in by just a ton of false starts. They they apparently did not 
uh, I anticipate there being some crowd noise in Seattle. So that, I think it's a bad coaching job there. I think you should go into that stadium expecting the crowd is going to be pretty loud. Um, but they were also done in by defensive injuries. And the false starts won't be an issue here at home, but I have no idea what the defense is going to look like. Like Larry was saying, Minnesota might be 3-0 and if they knew how to not fumble. And they just keep on fumbling and keep on losing these close games because they fumble over and over again. Offense looks great otherwise. Minnesota's defense has faced some tough offenses. I think this is going to be an easier test for them. It is strange to see an 0-3 team team three and a half points on the road so i just can't lay it with that i would lean to carolina just for the sake of knowing what the vikings have done um i don't know how you can back them there but i just can't trust carolina's defense so i doubt i'm gonna play it can you imagine how frustrating it must be other than when he looks at his bank account to be kirk cousins to be a pretty good quarterback but yet it always seems like everything goes against him every break every bounce every interception everything for his entire career not just when he got to Minnesota. Now, we have uh, plenty more games to get to. And by the way, uh, in the chat, so many of you new to this brand, new to this show, and you absolutely love it. Thank you. This show is all about information. It's not about pizzazz. It's not about any of that. It's about getting you to the information the quickest. So thank you for understanding that. Now, we have plenty of platforms here at CBS, and one of them is our incredible partner. I kind of thought we were that other pregame show at CBS. Looks like I need to make a call. Hmm. Now, our next game. And the Steelers took care of us Sunday night. They went to Las Vegas, and they looked the part, especially in the second half. Texans, they looked the part against the Jags. Shockingly, C.J. Stroud looks the most comfortable of the three rookie quarterbacks. So, Steelers are favored by three. The total is at 42. RJ, let's start with you. Yeah, much better is C.J. Stroud already than Kenny Pickett, the, the second-year quarterback for Pittsburgh. Um, Pittsburgh's defense should eat up the Houston offensive line in theory, but they're off, the injuries have not slowed down the Houston offensive line yet, so maybe they're just supremely well-coached, and C.J. Stroud just can, can navigate uh, any issues there, um, and it's not going to matter. Pittsburgh's offense was unimpressive again um, outside of the 72-yard touchdown. So you take that 72-yard touchdown away, um, which is not a repeatable event. They're 4.4 yards per play otherwise. Houston's defense expected them to give up a plays last week. They overcame a ton of injuries in the secondary and slowed down a better pass offense than this in Jacksonville. Um, Pittsburgh had the long trip to Vegas got, and got longer with plane issues. They had to, to land in Kansas City and they worked on the plane like all night apparently and they didn't get out until I think the, the lunchtime around there and, and now they got to go back on the road there. So I'm a little worried about that uh, really screwing up the beginning of your week. Fading Pittsburgh as favorites I think is a good strategy right now until the offense shows something. So I have uh, I like the plus three. I think go ahead and play the plus three. You could probably get to get plus three and a half a little bit later it seems like the line might be edging that way and i would love it at three and a half explain to me how an nfl team with a billionaire owner sits and waits for one airplane for that long i mean are you kidding me right now? you couldn't find another airplane you're a billionaire buy one buy one that's ridiculous all right <clears throat> maestro your thoughts on the steelers and how they've got it done steeler like the last two weeks to improve to two and one yeah, and I agree with RJ. You never want to lay points with a Mike Tomlin uh, conservative offense, but you have to admit the first two games of the season were, you know, they played two of the top three defenses or maybe the top two defenses in all of football. Then they got a chance, a little bit of a breather against the Raiders. And I think against the Texans, they are going to do fine offensively. The Texans benefited from Jaguars drops and Jaguars mistakes. I'm not ready to jump in on the Texans, but CJ Stroud, yes, has been great. And if he has a clean pocket, uh, that guy is going to hit his receivers. So at this point, I'm staying away. 
Okay. Maybe I might attack the over. I just might. The Steelers can score a little bit, and the Texans, they can score too. We'll see. We'll see what I decide by Sunday. All right, this next game, and during the preseason, all anybody was talking about was how all these teams are going to unseat the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC West. They're all going to beat them. Chiefs, their dynasty is over. Raiders stink, and the Chargers apparently stink too. And just because the Vikings can't hold on to the ball or call the right plays or clock it, they survived on Sunday on the road. So they're favored by five and a half. Larry, I'm coming to you, 47 and a half. And I'm assuming it's because of the Raiders that you have this as one of your best bets. Yeah, I love the Chargers here. I mean, they could be 3-0. They played the Dolphins very well in week one. And Jimmy Garoppolo is in concussion protocol. He has six interceptions this year. That leads the NFL. But who is behind him? 37-year-old Brian Hoyer, who has no business starting an NFL game. I'm on the Chargers, and I'm hoping that if Jimmy G is out, they go with Hoyer and not the rookie Aiden O'Connell because Aiden O'Connell has a big arm and showed some showed a lot of potential in the preseason. But Josh McDaniels, you can't trust him to do the right thing as you saw what he did with the game ticking down. He takes a field goal down eight. It's never happened in NFL history uh, that his team was in that situation down eight and kicked the field goal. (laughs) And Josh McDaniels did it. uh, And, of course, they end up losing by five. So I'm on the Chargers. I know Mike Williams is out. But this offense looks amazing. They have plenty of other weapons. I'm hoping and praying that Austin Eckler comes back. I do fear that they're going to rest him because they have a bye coming up. But even if Eckler sits, I know Mike Williams is out. Plenty of talent to carve up a Raiders defense, giving up 75% completions, seven TDs, and no picks. Boom. RJ, follow that. The Raiders defense is so bad that it held Larry's vaunted Denver offense to 16 points in week one and beat them somehow in, in Denver. So, you know, I, don't, I agree that the defense is pretty bad. But um, this Chargers team, if McDaniels is the worst coach in the league, you know, the Chargers coach might be second worst. I know <laughs> coach has a little gripe with him with the way some of the decisions he makes. Um, I don't know how you could trust the Chargers laying a big number against anyone just with the way, the way they play and the way they let teams back in the game. Garoppolo dealing with that concussion. Um, if he plays, you know, this line's going to come back down and I would like the the Raiders if he doesn't play the line's going to skyrocket and I might still like the Raiders just knowing that they can't stop in the pass and anyone I think Brian Hoyer might be able to throw it to Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers and generate some offense that way and get to 20 24 points in cover if it's seven seven and a half um, those two top two receivers got 32 targets against Pittsburgh I mean they, those are the guys that if they get hurt you got to get worried but, but I think whoever's throwing on the ball Jimmy G's been great but I think that they can get it done with with Hoyer or O'Connell um, Vegas bad versus the pass I know Herbert can have a good game without Williams. And uh, the health field advantage here goes to the Raiders because they're in L.A. Um, so I don't know that you can lay more than three with, with Chargers ever and, and feel comfortable about it, especially when they're on the road at home this week against the Raiders. So I think I'm going to be on the Raiders. Uh, we'll just see where that line settles. Okay. I can tell you this. I've never called for a coach to get fired. I just It's not really my style. Brandon Staley should have been fired after Sunday. That was the worst decision maybe in the history of football. I'm tired of hearing about analytics every single time he makes a decision. It was just stupid. You're up four. Make the team drive the length of the field. But no, you just hand it to them inside their own 30. You got lucky, Brandon Staley. Lucky. And, and coach, because he's not been consistent with that. He came out when he first got the job doing that all the time. And then last mm-hmm. year pulled back and was super conservative, punting all the time. Now all of a sudden he goes back to it in the absolute worst moment. I agree with you. If I'm a Chargers fan, 
Larry, RJ, I am pulling my hair out. Because also when they take shots of him on the sidelines, it doesn't even look like he knows what's going on. Like like where the game is at. It's just he's following his little book. Is oh the box says do this, so that's what I'm going to do. All right. Coach, I just want to jump in with just Wait. one more tidbit on this yep. game because with the concussion, with the emphasis on concussions, and what happened with Tua last year, uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it seems like whenever a quarterback or a, a receiver is going into the concussion protocol, they are almost always missing one game, and that's my bet was based on the fact that I think it's going to be somebody else, and I think it's going to close at seven or higher. Yeah, and I think it's a good play, too, because Derek Carr, when he was on the field, Sunday, he looked pretty good with Devontae. Devontae was catching balls all over the field, and then he was unhappy after the game. That's just what Devontae does. All right, next game, and this is an interesting line, too, because the Patriots did what they were supposed to do, and it was an ugly, ugly win over the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. The Cowboys, and they can make a ton of excuses, guys. They could be, oh, we lost our guy Diggs. He was our heart and soul. Or maybe you just played a bad football game against the Arizona Cardinals as 12-point favorites. They lose by 12. It was ugly. But now they're coming back home, favored by seven, RJ. The total sitting at 42 and a half. Was that just a bad day for Dallas? Yeah, it was like the worst sleepy spot you could have. They've been dominant for two weeks. They go up against supposedly the worst team in the league, short road trip. They just weren't ready for that game. They weren't ready to play, and that's what's going to happen when you're not ready to play, especially against a feisty Cardinals team. The New England offense struggled against the, the what we think is an elite Jets defense outside of that play-action bite on the touchdown to the third-string tight end, um, which is not something that, that's going to happen a ton, especially against a good defense. Um, it sets up a good bounce-back spot here for Dallas's defense after they fell asleep against Arizona. Dallas's offense ended all four second-half drives inside the Arizona 10 and they scored just six points. And, you know, if you're getting inside the 10 consistently, you got to expect you're going to score some touchdowns. there. going to get 20 points out of that instead of six. Um, New England's run offense finally got on track about the Jets, but if they're behind, they're going to be able to run much. My lean would be to Dallas here. Um, my lean would also be to the under here. Yeah, I think it's going to be one of those Dallas gets in, gets out. Maybe Dak uh, will throw one or two maestro and maybe it's like a 28 to 10 game here. Your thoughts? Yeah, I lean Dallas in the bounce back spot. I mean, you throw out when the Bills play the Jets, you got to throw out those terrible games for Josh Allen. And when Belichick plays Zach Wilson, I'm also going to throw it out because that's basically the only team, you know, that they've been good against lately. Their offense is still very, very limited. I lean Dallas as well. Okay, that's the first 425 game. There is one more 425 game, and that's the Cardinals and the 49ers. This one is robust. And this is one of those games maestro where you look at it and you say oh well Arizona looked great last week they scored 28 clearly they're the play getting 14 then you say to yourself well San Francisco has been arguably the best team in the entire league through the first three weeks so they're laying 14 total 44 and a half tell me any way Arizona stays within this number I mean they have covered all three games they've basically surpassed the point spread expectation more than any other team this season. They're not the joke that everyone thought. They're not tanking. Josh Dobbs has actually been, you know, good with the football, hasn't committed turnovers. Uh, But then, Coach, you look at the other roster and you kind of feel like the 49ers haven't really even hit their stride putting up 30 points each week. It feels like they could name the score. It feels like they could have put up 40 to 50 against the Giants last week if they wanted. So, uh, yeah, for me, it's going to be 49ers or pass. I'm not I'm not going to lay more than two touchdowns, but at less than two touchdowns, I would be tempted. It feels good right there, doesn't it, RJ? 
Yeah, the um, the the books are finally starting to respect Arizona. If if the Arizona line was built upon what their value was the first three weeks from the market, this would be 17, 17 and a half. But I think they're finally getting the number in order and realize that feisty Arizona uh, is going to get some wins, and they finally got one. And they're not going to, but they're not going to take San Francisco by surprise like Dallas had that sleepy spot there. Um, Arizona's run offense has been great, but San Francisco's defense good enough to limit them a bit. San Francisco an extra rush should run all over Arizona, force them to trail, and we'll see if Josh Dobbs. Can can catch up against this defense. Um, Arizona hasn't been down by more than seven at any point this year, and I believe that seven point margin was early in the game against Washington. They were down seven nothing, and then they erased it pretty quickly. San Francisco, all three of their wins have, has been by seven plus. So San Francisco can put Arizona in a spot where they haven't really been this year. Um, is the spread too big? After adjusting Arizona up, they're not my worst team in the league. I have it at minus fifteen and a half. So I think the value is still a little bit on the San Francisco side. You wonder if they'll do the same thing that happened to the Bucks last night where they jump out to a big lead and just suffocate and just choke you out till you have nothing left in the second half and you win by 17. That's how 49ers normally cover. And like you said, it should be more than 14. Now, Sunday night, if you have anything else to do, I would encourage you to do it. Because the Kansas City Chiefs, and who knows, maybe with Taylor Swift in tow, they're rolling to New York City to take on the New York Jets that managed how many points against the Patriots? Mm. And they're only favored by nine and a half at this point, the Chiefs are, after just absolutely laying out the Chicago Bears on Sunday, scoring over 40. The total is 42 and a half. RJ, what do we do on this one? We look at the Jets' final score at the end of the game, and we see a blank space because they're not going to score any points in this game against maybe the best, one of the best defenses in the league. And the offense for Kansas City finally back in rhythm against Chicago scored on seven straight drives. Defense shut down fields through three quarters. How is Zach Wilson going to do any better? Um, the Kansas City's defense has allowed two touchdowns in non-garbage time through three games. The Jets' offense has three touchdowns total. Uh, I don't think the Jets' defense is capable of completely stopping Mahomes. And if you get to 20, you're going to cover this game if you're Kansas City. So I think you lay it with Kansas City or you stay away. There's no way. You guys know that's my squad. I'm not betting against him. But I thought this would open over 10, Maestro. I'm a little surprised that it's still at 9.5. There's still some respect for that Jets' defense, but I wonder how long that defense can continue to play when you have you know Zach Wilson on the other side averaging like 10 yards per drive or something ridiculous like that. They have got to get a quarterback. I think Kirk Cousins would be great when he had Brees Hall and a great defense with him and some good receivers. I think Kirk Cousins is the answer there. You know, maybe if the Vikings lose again, uh, the Jets will make a move. Maybe so. They need to do something because this poor Zach Wilson is sometimes it's almost like hurting a kid in the league to keep putting him out there with zero confidence. Zero. All right. Now. That was the Sunday night game. What about Monday this week? This one's uh, maybe one of the more fascinating games of the entire week. We don't know which Giants team is real after that incredible comeback at Arizona. And then they come home to play the Seahawks, but they've just been all over the place. The Seahawks, though, they looked solid. They beat the Lions and they come home and they beat the Panthers and cover in the process. Yet New York... Maestro is the favorite here only by a point and a half the total of 47. Talk to me. 
The Giants have the extra rest. Saquon could be back. Those are probably the best cases you can make for the Giants. But I think the Seahawks really got the running game going, which they've been desperate to do. And Kenneth Walker got untracked. I'm, I'm going to look at Seattle in this matchup because I think the Giants, aside from that one half of football they played in Arizona where they went absolutely nuts, uh, they just haven't been good for about, you know, for the other two and a half games. Absolutely spot on. That's their only spot, RJ, where they looked good, and that was just for two quarters. And the offensive line should be better for for the Giants. They're expected to get Bredesen back at left guard. There's, I think Andrew Thomas is supposed to come back at left tackle. Those are key guys, and they just do not have a chance against San Francisco without those guys. Um, Seattle continues to overcome their injuries while the Giants have not been able to. Uh, Seattle's defense a little shaky against Carolina, but they were aided by those false starts. And, uh, you know, being in Seattle and and, um, and the crowd contributing to that. Carolina is still 10 of 19 on third down, though. So I think Seattle really needs to get their defensive backs healthy. Jamal Adams is supposed to be back for this game finally. Um, so we'll see how much he can he can wreck the game a little bit and maybe put some pressure on that offensive line, get in the backfield a little bit. Um, I would really like to see a cornerback or two back for um, for the the, um, the Seahawks. Uh, Tariq Wollin was doubtful um, before last week. Uh, with the extra day of rest here, maybe he shows up for this game. Uh, the Giants definitely needed the extra time to get healthy, but the defense needs to show up here, and I'm not sure their defense is very good. Um, the Giants have faced two elite defenses and a frisky Arizona team, so maybe they are not as bad as they look, especially when they get healthy. Um, so I was prepared to go with the Giants at, when they were plus one and a half. This line swung all the way to one and a half. Um, I'm a you know, biggest Seahawks backer from the offseason, so I'm probably going to lean to the Seahawks side, especially if they the Giants do get word on Saquon uh, that he's going to play and this line pushes up even more. I, I like to take the Seahawks with the points. All right. Once again, we will keep our eyes on all of these lines. We are live on Sunday at noon Eastern time with the very latest on line movement, best buys, injuries or best bets, injuries, all of it. Noon Eastern on Sunday. By the way, real quick, Zach says in the chat, Joe Namath telling the Jets they need to get rid of Wilson. Between Ryan Day calling out 95-year-old Lou Holtz and Joe Namath, what's he, 90 now as well? Why are we listening to these guys that haven't played in 50 years? Or coached in 50 years. Anyone? Well, he said they should trade Zach Wilson. And, uh, you know, what are you going to get for him? Like, who's who's taking Zach Wilson at this point? <laughs> Unless they just want to get rid of him and throw him in, in, in another trade. But come on. He's a starting quarterback right in the NFL. That's who he is. So, sort of. All right. We've gone through every single game, all 16 of them. So I want you guys to tell us you each have two different best bets. So let's quickly go around. Give me one line for each play. RJ, go. Yeah, I like the Eagles at minus eight or minus eight and a half. If you have to take it, I think that line should be 11. I think Washington is not as good as um, the market thought last week, obviously. And I don't see how they stay in this game. I also have the Bucks plus three and a half. New Orleans offense struggled before the car injury. Now they're downgrading to Winston probably for this game. And the Buccaneers just are, are reading too much into playing an elite team um, in some bad weather. I think they're better than what they showed last night. So I like the Bucks. Maestro. I'm going to take that elite Chargers offense hosting the Raiders. Jimmy G is in concussion protocol. Could be 37-year-old Brian Hoyer or a fourth-round rookie out of Purdue for the Raiders. And then the Colts taking on the Rams, who are in a terrible travel spot. A short week having to fly back across the country, and they lost two starting offensive linemen on Monday Night Football. I'll take the Colts at home. Multiple time zones you're flying across and back. It affects you. I live in California. It matters when you go that way. Big time. Gentlemen, as always, great, great job. 
Pay attention to my guys. If you're not a Sportsline member, what are you doing? But we have picks there all week long. But guess what? I'm going to do you a solid right here before we get off the air right now. I'm going to give you 60% off. Use the promo code COACH, and you can come and get all my cappers, Larry, RJ, everybody. Get the articles, get the picks, get the props way before everybody else gets them right here on the early edge. But you got to use that promo code COACH and hit the quarterly plan. That's three months, not the year, not the month, the quarterly plan, and we'll give you 60% off. We want everybody to be a part of what we're building right here at Sportsline. So with all that being said, with all that being said, there's only one thing left to do and i believe you all know what that is don't forget about Ryder cup 7 p.m eastern you've got your marching orders let's take all of these nfl tickets straight to the pay window for my attacker lobo the stoic one rj white my man the maestro larry hartstein the snake always behind the scenes making the show look like a million bucks i am simply the coach trying to keep this train on said track we grind for you so we can win with you It's truly what we're all about right here at the Early Edge. Good luck.